Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Today, I would like to label my thoughts with these sobering words. The great apostasy of the last days. The great apostasy of the last days. So far, we've come to the understanding that Timothy is receiving a letter by divine inspiration from the human penman named Paul. And in chapter 1, we've looked at how he's combating some of the doctrinal errors within the city of Ephesus. We've looked at the role of men and the role of women in the church. We've looked at the qualifications of pastors and deacons. And we've looked at how the gospel is found in verse 16. But as we come to chapter number 4, we find that that there's a phrase about how life is going to be in the last days. Now, I want to pause right here and just say this. The Bible has a lot to say about the last days. The Bible has a lot to say about end times Bible prophecy. Earlier this year, we had a Bible prophecy conference, a one-day event, and many of you were here, and, and it was a great event. But, you know, the more I study about Bible prophecy, the more I study about the words of the Old Testament and in the words of the New Testament, looking forward to the second coming of Christ, the more I am convinced that we are in the last days. But I would like to say this, that the temptation for you and the temptation for me is when we read these passages about the last days is to read our day and time into the text. So today, I just want us to come to this passage with a free mind, with an open mind, not showing any partiality within the day in which we live to try to understand this section of Scripture. Now, you know as well as I do that Jesus spoke about the last days in the Gospels. He gave specific signs of those times. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, we find that Paul's writing his second letter to young Timothy, his, his, uh, his son in the faith, if you will, and he lists out several details about what it's going to be like in the last days. In 2 Peter chapter 3, we find that, that there's going to be scoffers ridiculing the word of God and specifically the flood of the old days of Noah and the second coming of Christ. And then in Jude we find that there's going to be not just scoffers but mockers who are making fun of the idea of the second coming of Christ. Today as we come to these five verses of 1 Timothy 4, we find that the Apostle Paul is giving Timothy attributes of the great apostasy in the last days. And so we find that in Bible prophecy that there's going to come a great event that where people will move away from the Christian faith. People will move away from the authority of God's word and they'll move away from all sense of morality. And that is what is being delivered here in this passage. Today I want to share with you a key statement that if you walk away with anything today, I want you to walk away with this one simple statement. The cure... For apostasy is the message of Calvary. The cure for apostasy is the message of Calvary. A good dose of Jesus' death and his resurrection will fix any person who's departed from the faith. Will fix any nation as long as they humble themselves before a holy righteous God. 
Today, I want to share with you briefly three attributes of the great apostasy in the last days. In verse number one, I wrote down this. In the last days, there will be a departure from Christianity. As I read the second part of verse number one, I wrote down secondly. In the last days, there will be a departure from biblical authority. And as I read verses two through five, I wrote down thirdly and finally. In the last days, there will be a departure from morality. Will you come with me as we move through this text together? Let's look at verse number one of chapter number four. The Bible says, the first part says, Now the Spirit, this is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not the Spirit that inspires you to, you know, to go out and, and to run a marathon. The Spirit of God here is speaking us from the, the human penman, Paul, from the throne of God into our hearts and minds right now. The Spirit speaketh expressly. That in the latter times, these are the last days, and by the way, we've been in the last days ever since Jesus Christ has sent it up into glory. And as some preachers say, that, that we are possibly living in the last of the last days. And here it says that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. I wrote down this. In the last days, there will be a departure from Christianity. In the last days, there will be a departure from Christianity. Apostasy should be expected to the student of the Bible. Apostasy should not disappoint the student of the Bible because apostasy is something that is written and fully explained in the Word of God. And all apostasy is, is moving away from the doctrines of the Scriptures to another belief system. In fact, when you study the Word of God, you find that in the Old Testament, all the way to the New Testament, there's been apostasy. When you go back and study the Kings and Chronicles and, and Samuel and some of those events in the people of Israel, you find that there was times that they were really close to God and then times that they forsook God and worshipped other false idols. And one of the kings in particular in my mind is King Amaziah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 25, we don't study these kings a lot, but in 2 Chronicles chapter 25, the Bible says that King Amaziah was 25 years old when he began to reign and he reigned for for about 29 years. Can you imagine the President of the United States being 25 years old? That would be quite an undertaking and task. But we find that King Amaziah in verse 2 of 2 Chronicles chapter 25, the Bible says that yes, he followed God, but not with a perfect heart. And that just simply means a complete heart. You see, apostasy will always come in our lives when we don't follow God completely from the inside out. In John chapter 6, we find that Jesus just feeds the 5,000 five, the 5, plus women and children with five loaves of bread and two fishes, two small fish. And we find that, that then he begins to share how his body's going to be broken and his blood is going to be shed. And he talks about how, how those who, who do not eat his flesh or drink his blood will not be part of, of his family. And then in the last part of John chapter 6, we find that after hearing those words, there were men who walked away from Jesus and never returned. And then one of them in particular, the Bible says Jesus referred to how one of them, one of the twelve, is a devil. 
Judas Iscariot. Could you imagine sitting underneath the teaching and preaching of Jesus Christ in, in person and betraying the Son of God? That is one of the greatest stories of apostasy we read in the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we read of a man named Demas, who the Bible says loved the world more than he loved God, and he departed from the presence of Paul and the work of God. And then earlier in chapter 1 that we've looked at, verses 18 through 20 of 1 Timothy, we find Hymenaeus and Alexander apostatized and went after other teachings. And the Bible says that Paul delivered them unto Satan that they would learn not to blaspheme. You need to understand today, church, that apostasy has happened before. And apostasy will continue to happen in our lives today. But there will come a time right before the second coming of Christ. There will be an apostasy that has never been seen before in the history of our world. And I believe that the days that we're living in now are leading up to that great event. You know, you can always go back into your life Many of you here today were raised in church or attending worship services and you, you were around people who, who made professions of faith and who followed the Lord and believers' baptism and who read the Bible and studied the Bible and were serious about their faith at one time. But now as you look back at their lives and, and as you analyze what's going on, that some of them are no longer walking with Christ. Um, you know, before... Before I graduated from high school, there was a group of us at, at, at the youth group at Boonsville Baptist Church. We, we met with Brother Dave early in the mornings at about 5, 30, 6 o'clock. And we would read the Bible together. We would pray together. And then we would go to school. And I submit to you today that, that each of those men that met with us are no longer actively involved in serving Jesus Christ. And that's only been just several years ago. Apostasy is going to happen to your friends, to your family, and to people you know. But in the last days, there will be a departure from the Word of God and from biblical Christianity that you've never seen before, that we've never experienced. And I just simply believe that, that the days that we're living in now, that we're experiencing the beginning Imagine there was a time period in this nation that you could go to public school and there was teacher-led Bible study and prayer meetings and now the Word of God is, has been excommunicated from the school systems. There's been a time period in our lives that, that in the courthouse the Word of God was reverenced and now it's not. There was a time when the laws of the Word of God were adhered to in practice, but now they're not. And I believe that, that the world is now influencing the church more than the church is influencing the world, and that the church is now experiencing an apostasy that we've never seen before. We, we have young people in our churches that, that, that we are told, I was told this when I was in high school a little over 10 years ago, that... that, that, that that 75% of these young people who grow up in Christian homes and Bible-believing churches who after their first year of secular university walk away from the faith and never return. And I'm sure that statistic has grown exponentially since then. We're seeing the beginning of these days, my friends. 
Don't let it disappoint you. Don't let it get uh, the best of you. But let it be a reminder that this is one of the greatest times in history of the world that we can stand and we can speak out about the words of Jesus Christ. Be encouraged today, church, that even though your friends and your family might have walked away from the faith and departed from the words of God, be encouraged that you have the cure for that apostasy found in the message of Jesus Christ right here, the word of God. May we move forward in this passage. We're looking at the great apostasy of the last days. And and first of all, in the last days, there will be a departure from Christianity. But I want to share with you, secondly, from the last part of verse number one. In the last days, there will be a departure from biblical authority. In the last days, there will be a departure from biblical authority. Look at verse 1. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. And hear these next two phrases. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In the last days, there will be a departure from biblical authority. What is your final authority? Is it the United States Constitution? Is it the Bill of Rights? Those are great, great writings. Is your final authority the laws from the IRS? Is your final authority what is being promoted from the law enforcement in our nation? Is your final authority what's found in the courthouse when the judge stands and declares somebody innocent or guilty? No. Your final authority as a child of God is the Bible, is the Holy Scriptures, is is from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Every single word is our final authority, and it gives us everything we need in life. I like what one of the preachers said last night in our youth rally here. He said, Jesus is the answer. And I submit to you today that every problem that we face in life is, there's a cure found in Jesus Christ and in the Word of God. Now listen, when you're battling depression, when you're battling disease, when you're battling anything, God's word has the cure. And Jesus is the answer. But in these times, there's going to be a departure from the word of God. We read about that in in the great tribulation. And I believe that, that in a sense, that is what is ultimately being referred to here concerning the great apostasy. However, the beginnings of that event, I believe we're seeing in our day and time. And and look at the first part. It says, giving heed to seducing spirits. I wrote down this. Men will give heed to seducing spirits in the last days. Men or mankind will give heed to seducing spirits in the last days. Now I want to take you back to the book of Genesis. We understand the book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. That is, when God declared in the beginning... Everything would come into existence, and God spoke the world into existence. But in Genesis chapter number 3, we find that God placed Adam and Eve in a garden. And in this garden, at some point, Lucifer fell from heaven. He led a revolt and a rebellion against the authority of Almighty God, and he wanted to be God. And there we find him prowling around in the garden. And he comes to Eve, and he says, Did God really say... You see, this this apostasy that departs from the biblical authority will do, first of all, do this. It will doubt 
God's Word. Now, I'm sure we've all had our doubts about God's Word. I've been there, and I've experienced in my life until a creation science evangelist came and preached about how, hey, God's Word can be trusted because God's Word is the Word of God, not the Word of man. But Satan will come in and cause doubt to creep into your mind about the Word of God. That's what he did to Eve. And listen, the devil doesn't have new tricks. He just finds new people to play those old tricks on. And the new people is every person who's birthed into existence. And, and here, the Bible says giving heed to seducing spirits. This word seduce, it means to deceive. It means to trick. And the devil has been deceiving people since day one in the garden. But see, not only does he cast doubt... Once he gets doubt to creep into your mind about God's word, the next step is denial. Hear me well today, church. That when somebody begins to doubt God's word, what's around the block is denying God's word. You see, somebody would say, well, I, I just don't know if I can accept Jesus rose from the grave. I just don't know if I can accept there was a worldwide flood. I just don't know if I can accept the people of Israel walked across the Red Sea and the Jordan on dry land. I, I just can't accept some of these these ideas that Jesus fed the multitudes with just a, a little basket of lunch. I, I, and they doubt it. And then what happens is they'll say, well, maybe it's just not God's word to begin with. And they'll deny. Seducing spirits. I, I submit to you today that, that those doubts and those denials are the utter plagues from hell. But now, move forward. It says, and doctrines of devils. Not only men will give heed to seducing spirits in the last days, but I wrote down this. Men will give heed to doctrines of devils in the last days. I have a theory about this iPhone. I have a theory that many, 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 many years ago, there was nothing. And all of a sudden, there was an explosion. And after the explosion took place, there was a whole lot of water. And then the water began to get so hot that it began to bubble. And just begin to bubble and bubble and to boil and to boil. And then over a period of time, after it got so hot, it began to form metal. And then the metal began to, to shape itself into a rectangle. And then the rectangle began to create this white color and this black color. And then after it began to form and, and, and come together, it began to develop a battery inside after it cooled itself down. How ludicrous is that idea about this iPhone? I mean, that's foolish, right? But did you know there's a lot of people who believe that's exactly how this world came into existence? That many, many years ago there was a gigantic explosion, a big bang, and then everything just by chance came into existence. I submit to you today that that is just a doctrine of the devil and not the word of God. The Bible tells us that these people are going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And I submit to you today that, that any kind of false worship in of itself is an actual worship of Satan. 
I know that's challenging words and sometimes maybe hard to accept. But those who are worshiping Buddha are worshiping Satan. Those who are worshiping Allah are worshiping Satan. Those who are worshiping self are worshiping Satan. These seducing spirits and these doctrines of devils creep in. And I submit to you, they are alive and well in the United States of America. You say, you believe the devil exists? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You say, you, you, you believe in demons? Uh, yes, I do. Have you ever read the Bible before? Jesus was alive and well when demonic spirits were on this earth. And, and listen, I, I have experienced the demonic oppression in this world today. And I believe that the departure of God's word, of God's final authority of scripture, is a deception and doctrine that is straight from the devil himself. What do you believe about the Word of God? Is it the inspired and errant, infallible, preserved Word of God? Or is it just some idea that somebody made? In the last days, there will be a departure from biblical authority. In the last days, there will be a departure from Christianity. You see, once somebody begins to walk away from Christianity, they will walk away from the Bible of Christianity. And then once somebody walks away from Christianity in of itself and walks away from the doctrine being presented in the Word of God, the next step is, is they will forsake any idea of morality. Notice in verses 2 through 5 we see just this. And I wrote down thirdly and finally today as we are seeking to understand the great apostasy of the last days and, and understand this, that the only cure for apostasy is the message of Calvary, is Jesus. He is the answer to cure this departure from the faith. But I wrote down thirdly, in the last days, there will be a departure from morality. In the last days, there will be a departure from morality. Look at verse number two. The first part of verse number two, it says, speaking lies and hypocrisy. Lying is sin against God, no matter how small or no matter how large, no matter how, how minute or how minor or how major that lie is. The Bible says, it is wrong. And here the Bible says in these last days, after somebody departs from the faith and they give heed to these seducing or deceptive spirits and these doctrines of devils, they will begin to speak lies and not just lies, but lies with hypocrisy. <laughs> Have you ever met um, somebody who is hypocritical in their ideology or their philosophy or their presentation or their concepts? We all have, and sometimes we've been the ones who, who have been hypocritical in our mindsets. But here the Bible says that, that those who are going to be speaking lies in these last days are going to just be running in circles, speaking lies, and those lies are going to be hypocritical, and they're just going to keep doing it over and over and over and over and over and over again. So I wrote down this, men will speak lies with hypocrisy in the last days. We're seeing a rise of this today. We're seeing a rise of, of lying to family members, lying in the workforce, lying any way we go. We're all guilty of this, but I remind us all today that the Bible says thou shalt not bear false witness. The Bible says we are called to speak the truth at all times, even when it's hard. But look at verse 2, it goes on to say, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. I wrote down this, men will have a seared conscience 
in the last days. Men will have a seared conscience in the last days. Hear me out. Once we depart from Christianity, we depart from God's word. And once we depart from God's word, we lose all sorts of, all sense of morality. And it begins in our conscience. Conscience literally means con, the word means with, and science means knowledge. So here, God has put his written law on our hearts. It's called a conscience. And there, we understand right from wrong without ever hearing God's word. And here the Bible says that in these last days, that these people, these men and these women that are living in this time period are going to have a conscience that has been seared with a hot iron. They're going to say, well, you know, lying is just not, it's really not that bad. So it's just a little lie. So I'm just, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, it's okay. I mean, do I have to be 100% faithful to my spouse? I mean, what about just, just, just one little time with somebody else? Or, 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 or the Bible says, oh, it's, just, it's just a piece of chewing gum from the grocery store. Or it's just, it's just $10 here and $10 there. Or it's just an hour uh, of clocking out here. Or, or, you know, the Bible says here that the conscience will be seared. If you've ever been involved in sin, you know that the first time you partake, you feel the conviction of God. And then when you go back, and you continue to go back, and you continue to go back, that conscience is weakened. And that's what's being referred to here. Check out verse 3. The Bible says, forbidding to marry. I wrote them this. Men will forbid to marry in the last days. Matthew 24, Jesus is speaking about the last days, and he says... And in, in the Gospel of Luke, the parallel passage, he's, he's talking about the last days and how they're going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah in the days of Noah. And what it's referring to when it says Sodom and Gomorrah is sexual perversion. And when the Bible says here forbidding to marry, I'm not going to tell you too long about this. But this word forbid, it literally means to withstand. I mean, I'm not saying this is speaking about our day and time that we're living in now, but it, but it sure does sound like it. Today we have a society who could care less about the purity of marriage. Today we watch television shows of people having sexual intimacy outside of marriage like it's nothing. Today we go to the movie theaters watching, watching movies that are just promoting sexual immorality and sexual sin like it is just, you know, who cares? The conscience of America has been seared concerning sex. And I know it's not something we like to talk about today. But, you know, I want to share this with you. And nearly every book that Paul wrote, he addressed sex and sexual intimacy. I like what one preacher said. He said, when you're building a fire and you keep the fire in the fireplace or the stove, it's safe. But if you go out into the woods and you start a fire in the woods, you can set the woods on fire. With that in mind, sex Inside of marriage is safe, and it is, and it is God's plan. But sex outside of marriage can cause horrific consequences in your life. Today, this, this idea of forbidding to marry it gives more than just sex outside of marriage, but an absolute refusal to go into the covenant that God has placed and named marriage. And a crowd this size, obviously there's going to be 
some folks who have messed up in this area. And I want you to know this, that, that if you have messed up, God can forgive you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you have messed up, confess it to God and then remain pure. Whether you're single or whether you're married, remain pure. But then the Bible goes on to say in verse 3, it says, And commanding to abstain from meats. I wrote on this, Men will worship creatures more than the Creator in the last days. Men will worship creatures more than the Creator in the last days. Romans chapter 1 talks about this. And here, I want you to understand this, that there's nothing wrong with being a vegetarian. A few years ago, I decided I was not just going to be a vegetarian, but I was going to be a vegan. And not just a vegan, but a raw vegan. And what that means is I was going to only eat fruits and vegetables. <laughs> raw fruits and vegetables. I'll tell you what, I tried it for a week and I said, Whew, I'm so hungry, I'm going to die. Man, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, you got to have some of that, that chicken and that tacos every now and then, like we had last night. But here, the Bible doesn't say that being a vegan or being a vegetarian is wrong. In fact, the original diet that God established on this earth was completely vegetarian. And then over the years, after the flood, God gave Noah permission to eat meat. And then as you get into the book of Exodus and the book of Deuteronomy, God set up laws saying, hey, here's the meats that I want the Jewish people to eat, the clean ones and the unclean I do not want you to eat. And studies have shown that the clean ones are healthier and the unclean ones are not as healthy. But here the Bible says that in these last days, people are going to make it their duty and responsibility to command others to abstain from eating meat. And this is not just the idea of, of I'm going to just not eat meat for health benefits or for health reasons, but that we cannot eat meat because these are animals, and these animals have rights. And listen, today I'm not saying that, that we should partake in animal cruelty. Anybody who abuses animals needs to get right with God. But today, we need to understand this, that our society has taken animals and placed animals on a pedestal and began to worship them as if they're God. But God established in the book of Genesis that mankind has dominion over the fish, over the fowls, and over all the animals. There are societies who worship cows and who will not eat beef because they believe that it is one of their possible ancestors of a previous life. You know, when I come to this passage, I, I get a little upset because I've adopted, it's just a personal standard in my life that that, that you don't have to do this. We are under the liberty today, as, as the New Testament talks about, but it is my standard that I've set in my own personal life that those clean animals of meat in the Old Testament, those are the ones that I'm going to eat. And all the unclean animals, you know, like the lobsters and the shrimp and the pork and the catfish and, and all the other stuff, I'm just not going to eat. It's a standard I've set. So when I come to this passage, you know, it really, it really makes me ponder and think. Because if this passage wasn't here, I would be tempted to tell you that, hey, you can't eat pork. And if you do, you're just a dork. <laughs> but I can't do that. I cannot do that. Because the Bible says here that these people are going to go around commanding people to abstain from meat. And then it says, the Bible says this. Here's what the Bible says. 
which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. And then verse 4 says this, for every creature, that means the hogs and the dirty old pigs. That means the catfish. That means the shrimp. That means the lobster. That means all of them. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. Now, some people pause right there. And they'll say, bring it all on. We're Baptists and we eat meat for breakfast, meat for lunch, and meat for dinner. But the Bible actually says that it is to be received and not to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. That is why we give thanks before we eat. Right here. And then in verse 5 it says, For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. You know, from a medical standpoint... You know, sometimes this may not make sense, but God is able to take an unhealthy piece of meat and put it into our bodies if we eat it and consume it and to make it nourishment for our souls. Now, I believe we should be good stewards of our body and take care of our bodies to the best of our ability. But hey, listen, if all you got to eat is the dirty old pig, then go right ahead and eat it. <laughs> but men in the last days will worship creatures more than the Creator. Listen, if you want to worship the horse, if you want to worship the cow, if you want to worship any other creature, go right ahead. But that creature is not worth your worship. In the last days, there will be a departure from morality. There will be a departure from biblical authority, and there will be a departure from Christianity. The only cure, the only cure for this apostasy is the message of Calvary. Jesus died and he shed his blood so that we all could escape apostasy and come into a right standing and relationship with him. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week. <laughs>